BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. It's basically where you come for a little snack, a taste, a, a lunchable, if you will. Basically, we talk to celebrities, Bravo celebrities. Yes, they have their own category. I know this guest will appreciate that. We also have influencers, tastemakers. So today we are doing a little uh, snacking with the hilarious comedian, actress, and host of the wildly popular podcast, Juicy Scoop, with Heather McDonald. Hey, girl, hey! Hi, I'm so glad to see you again. I know. Okay, so first of all, coming on your podcast made me famous. Oh, well, that makes me very happy. <laughs> I wish more people knew that that I could change lives. Girl, you... I, you sometimes joke, like whenever I tag someone, I go, get ready for your life to change. <laughs> but your life really changed after being on Juicy Scoop, so that makes me thrilled. I got like, like I would say at least like 1,000 to 2,000 new Instagram followers. Good, good. That, that's good. That's awesome. It's incredible. So anyway, so what does it feel like to be famous, Heather? <laughs> oh my God. You know, I, what's weird is that because I'm not on TV, I definitely don't get... Um, approach like I did like five years ago when I was on Chelsea lately and stuff because people would see you every night and it's just like in your brain yes but I get a lot of like how do I know you or you, you know, look familiar high school or whatever <laughs> yeah, but what's really flattering is when I've had someone go I heard your voice and I I listened to your juicy scoop and that makes me like go well that's amazing isn't that the best thing in the world yes I had a I girl mean, so flattering in the elevator of my building and I always, she was like adorable. She was talking to the doorman. I was like, oh, who's this girl talking to the doorman? You know, stop sucking up. And then I got in the elevator with her. I said, what floor? She said, whatever floor. I said, the like nine, the floor number. And then she looked at me and said, you, voice, why do I? And I was like, I'm Taylor. And then she was like, oh my God. And that was years ago on Cosmo Radio. Yeah. It's a powerful thing, podcasting radio audio, isn't it? I mean, you've written New York Times bestsellers. You are a comedian. You're a writer. You're an actress. But do you think that this realm of audio is like the most powerful? Well, in writing the books, you know, as like a young girl, I always was like, well, I'd love to be a movie star or an actress. But I'd also I also imagine like being a mom and writing my book like in my office and having my kids disrupt me. And when I wrote my first book, that was exactly what ha started to happen. And yes. I was like, oh, my God. Before I knew what the secret was, and I've never made a vision board in my life or cut up <laughs> magazines, but I there were things that I like imagined my life to be in, and then I also thought one day, oh, I, I would be 
cool to have a radio show from my home because, of course, podcasting was around when I was a young girl. Right. And so one day, I never thought about that until one time my son was kind of asking me about like what I imagined my life to be. And I was like, oh, my God, a lot of things that I imagined has come true. One of the things I always wanted to do, which hasn't happened, I've guest starred, but I always thought I'd be like a mom on a sitcom. And that has not happened. Is there like a mom in particular that is like your mom mentor? TV mom no, mentor. I, just, I liked sitcoms and I just thought, like, I grew up with them and I just thought that's something I could do and I'd be really good at. And I've had, you know, I've written shows that, like, didn't make it and I've auditioned for things, but it's just never, that's like the one thing that I imagined that would be included in my life that has not happened yet. But all, a lot of the other things, the stand up and the books, and, and it was really, you know, before the podcasting, that was the most flattering thing that someone could say is that I've read your book because I feel like that's a huge commitment. Huge. Purchase, time. You're actually reading. A lot of people hate to read. Right. And so that was amazing because I got that, you know, I saw you on TV and I came to your show or whatever. Um, and then with the podcasting, because it's, you know, you're it's so repetitive, like, you, you know, they're committed to listening to it. Yep. And they've listened to it now for four years come this July Damn. Those kind of emails that I get, like I, I mean, I cry. I like right? send them to my sister. Some, you know, I, I joke that for a while, I haven't done it in a while, but a couple of assistants ago, I'd be like, I would literally forward it and put, go put this in the eulogy file, like so that when <laughs> I die, it'll be very easy. Um, if people don't want to get up and speak, they can just have someone like read these letters about how great I was. Literally, because it's just like you know, it's just. It's really nice, like when someone writes, like you got me through chemo, or I was oh. going through a really bad divorce, or I lost fifty pounds because I started to walk or go on the treadmill. And sometimes a your lot of that, and sometimes your podcast would go instead of an hour, it'd go an hour and thirty, and I just kept going. And like that type of stuff is just super flattering, and and just so. And I always write them back. I'm like, you, you know. I'm just so appreciative that you did that because we need that encouragement in this Ugh. business because we're talking to a vacuum. We're pretty much alone. Yep. You occasionally you have a friend that you get to interview or yep. you do, you know, but going from, you know, seven years of Chelsea lately where it was very collaborative, very fun, very like, you know, like a little fun college experience almost. Yeah. And being around creative people. And then, you know, I'm never alone because I have kids and, and a husband, but you know that the you're you're really like responsible for being the writer the director the producer like yep. putting it all together and you know i mean now i have a couple of people but still like but still i know it's a very it's weird cuz to listen to it you feel like you're such a part of a conversation and like a club of friends or you know a dynamic yeah. and we are here so grateful that you feel that way because we feel like we're so isolated. Yes. It's the weirdest thing. And it's like, and then, you know, and I do stand up too. And so I went to Joe Coy's, um, he had like a party for his Netflix special and I've known him for over 10 years and our sons are friends. And it was only myself and Fortune Fuster that he, maybe he invited other people and they're busy, but I mean, I felt special that we were the only like, that weren't like family or like his team of managers and stuff. And when he was giving his speech, he was like, and thank you to this person and thank you to my sister who's like his, you know, kind of executive assistant or whatever who does everything. So I can just go out there be, and be funny. And as grateful as I am for my support, I was like, well, I don't have that. Like, I, I can't just go be funny. I All these other things, I still, I want to get to a place that it's, that I don't have to worry about marketing the show. And did I do a Facebook ad? And did right. it get out in time? And how many tickets have sold? And like... The, you know, and, and oh my God, let's make sure that we, you know, promote the podcast properly. And like, 
I'm, I'm not there yet. I don't know if I ever will be, but that's kind of the aspect of this where you can't just be the artist. Nope. Or even back when, before social media, you know, you had someone that would only show you the most flattering letters that, you know, Teen Beat wrote you. And like, you didn't have, you weren't looking at your Instagram or, or Twitter where someone was just ripping you a new asshole. Like, right. So it's this, it's a, it's like so great that we have this kind of power to do our own thing. Uh-huh. But along with that, you don't just have the power to be, you know, funny or talented. Like you have to do all, you have to wear all the hats. You got to do it all. You know, what's the, I, I was, I was raised by a, a, a dad who's a doctor and he runs his own practice because he's a control freak. Right. And my mom has been begging him to join a group forever because it's like so much pressure. I mean, all the pressure is like on them. a medical group. A medical group. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he wants to be his own boss. But I remember, I, I guess I never realized I was raised by an entrepreneur. I just thought he's yeah. my dad's a doctor. But now looking back, I'm like, shit. Because now that I'm out on my own doing my own business and it's fucking hard. But yeah. like I realize that I am my own way and like I'm continuing the family legacy of like owning my own business. But those are the bullshit aspect parts of it. Like you were saying you can't just be the creative. Like when I was at Sirius, I popped in. I did my show. I was hilarious. And then I left and done, done and done. And now it's like all the logistics. So I know right. what you're talking and then, about. Same thing with my parents. Like. Um, my dad was in corporate America as a, a advertising executive. He literally was like part of Mad Men, came out here. One of the last episodes of Mad Men is the guy gets a, a job at, um, yeah. God, what's the name of the place? I forget. McCann Erickson. Yep. My dad came to California to work for McCann Erickson. Shut, wait, was it was that show based on your dad's life? No, but I mean, because it was New York, but he had the same situation that was happening in Chicago. Was your dad like the John Hamm? My dad was more like, well, he was the he was the creative one that came up with the stuff, but the guy with the gray hair, yes, that was the um, not Harry Hamlin. No, no, the, the other gray haired <laughs> one that was like older. Yep, I know the there guy was you're talking a scene about. Scene where he um, were fought in World War II, and my dad was older. I was the youngest of five, so he fought fought in World War II from seventeen to twenty years old. And there was a scene in where he didn't want to take Japanese products he didn't want to do anything with the japanese wow his character and my dad struggled with that too that's so interesting and then he eventually um just said fuck it like i I gotta join and then he would go over to japan a lot and when we go into a meeting he was with other 40 year old men that japanese men that were in the war as well fighting each other and now they're like had a kawasaki or toyota and he'd walk in and and he was like this is gonna be so awkward but they were like, oh, McDonald Marine, and they'd bow to him. <laughs> they bowed to him because they, we won. So they were like, wow. we will honor the people that won. We're so honored to be doing business with you. Japanese you know, culture the is the shit. They know I, what's up. They really do. I mean, it was like kind of crazy. But after that, then, you know, he was like, the, advertising is a young man's business. And I'm going to be, you know, in his early 50s, I'm going to be pushed out. My mom just started doing real estate. So then they became this real estate dynamic couple before anybody had ever done it. They had they the were the benches. original million dollar they listing. Were, they weren't million dollar listing, but they were the original like couple that like had all my dad was the first person to do bus benches in the valley as a realtor. So he like invented that. He, basically, yes. yes. And shopping carts. And he made fetch a thing. Yes, he made that a thing, but it was <laughs> so it is an entrepreneurial thing where it just never stopped. Yeah. And there's times now where I'm like, oh my God, my my current life is too much like my 
childhood life. That's where I am, and I'm like, I was doing everything to escape this. Me too. And, and when I and when I was working on Chelsea lately, and I had the 401k, and I had the insurance, and I had the weekly paycheck, it was lovely. Yes. And I did, and I do think my parents were really happy that I had that. But but then you're you also at the behest of everybody yes. else, managers and execs and yeah. all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, what's the better it's nice route? To have it both. This it is, is the better this route. This is the better route for the long run in life, especially being a woman, especially being older yeah like i can't imagine if i didn't have this or if i'd gone from chelsea lately to another writing job or stuck with chelsea or whatever and now netflix is over with and now i'm trying to get into this game right it would have been really hard and you know and trying to get acting jobs or whatever it would be really really hard so i'm i'm really grateful the way things worked out and i always say like sometimes like i think i might have said this when i interviewed you like sometimes you don't realize like everything's the it's supposed to be that expression everything happens for, for a reason. reason it just may not reveal its truth for months years but eventually it will and you will go back and you'll say if this firing didn't happen if this argument didn't happen if this breakup didn't happen if this you know then i wouldn't be here today i mean providing it's something something super tragic like a death but like yes. I, these steps like a career step you'd be like you know, because lots of times people do regret. Why did I say that? Why did I march into that office and do that? You know, mm-hmm. and you may have regrets for a long time, but eventually, you know, it's going to show itself that like, no, this is this is the better thing. So why podcasting? How did you have that? Because you got into the game early on, I would say. It didn't seem like it was early when I did it. I was, yeah. felt like, again, back then everyone had a podcast. Yep. I mean, it was like I started four, about four years ago. Congrats, by the way. And I was, thank you. And I was at a comedy club in Texas, like a B club, but they were great. They always filled the room. And I was sitting there in this, he didn't have a green room. So you just sit there like with the guy, like, writing your check and he's like and there's little posters all around and I saw Tom Segura on the on there and I didn't know Tom Segura I knew that he was married to Christina Pazinski who I who I was friends with because she was on Chelsea for a while and she went to my high school but she's like four years younger than I am or maybe more I'm sorry Christina if you are I don't know but but anyway I liked her a lot but I knew that I go oh this Tom Segura he's got like a really popular podcast and but I didn't know his comedy I just you know and he goes, oh, yeah, he can come here on a Tuesday night and mm-hmm. sell it out and make the amount he said was a lot. I'm not going to say what it was. But I was like, OK, and the next Monday I called my managers at the time and I'm like, I think I need a podcast. Yeah. And because I was mostly like, well, now that Chelsea is gone, the only thing I have is doing these live shows. Right. I'm not promoting them on E every night. Right. So the only way I can get people to go is through the podcast. So, you know, and everybody I know that I'd done one. I had never even, li- I didn't even know how to listen. I'd go be on a guest. Right. And then they'd send me the stuff and I'd post it. But I honestly never listened back. I didn't even know how to listen to it. It was before the swipe up. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> what did we do before the swipe up? You know what? I would like tweet it or whatever. They'd send me the link and I was right. like, okay. And, but I did know that like nobody was making money that I knew. Yeah. So then, so then I, I went and I was like, okay, well, if I can make a little bit of money, and it's one day a week, and you know, I'm t- a few hours and gone. Yeah. Then, then great. And um, it's and it really equity. was like the surprise. Like I didn't even know like anyone was listening. Like I, I used to do this thing like in high school and college where like I'd get my paper back like for an essay. Yes. And I wouldn't look for like hours. Really? I'd like put it like in my backpack. I'd I can't. ride back to the sorority house. I'd go and then finally I'd be like, last page, what is it? You know, <laughs> 88, whatever it is. And so I kind of like that was with the podcast. Like I never asked how many people are listening. 
And it wasn't like very reflective in my social media. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, and then one day they were like, oh, you know, it's doing really well and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, they're telling me how many people are listening. And I'm like, really? Well, this is great, you know? And so, yeah. And then it, there's been many moves and changes and, and things that I've learned about it since then. But now I, I really do just enjoy it and I get excited about a new person I'm going to interview or something else I'm excited to talk about. And so, yeah, it's been it's been great in that sense, you know. Yep. Know. But I mean, it's competitive. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, my God, like who doesn't have a podcast? I know, you know? There, like, there is a little bit that but I, I but I don't want to discourage anyone. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to, you know, <laughs> like I, I just. I live very conservatively for these reasons. I feel like, well, actually, it's funny you say that because I have a little game that we're going to play. And yes. the game is called Are You Rich Bitch? But we'll get to that in a little oh, okay. bit. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. That, that'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. And it's only because I was a rich person. Okay. Divorced the rich person. Then I became a regular person again. Oh. And See, um, I've never been that. Oh, hello, guys. It's time to talk about one of our sponsors, Scent Bird. I love Scent Bird because. I love smelling good. There's no greater compliment than when somebody comes up to you and they're like, OMG, sorry, stranger, but what are you wearing? You smell so good. It's like, it is. It's one of the greatest compliments in the world. But let's get real. Scents are expensive. Well, at least they used to be until Scentbird came on the scene. That's why I love them so much. They make smelling delectable, affordable, fun, and easy. So for those of you who don't know, Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. I love it because it's great for you. It's also great for the guys. It makes a fantastic gift. And basically, it's a way for you to discover new perfumes and colognes without buying an entire bottle. So for me, for example, I mean... I'm cheap. <laughs> That's just the truth. And fragrances are expensive. But a lot of the times you need to get a really nice designer fragrance if you want to smell good and not cheapy cheapy. You see the conundrum. But Semperd, they've changed the entire game. Long gone are the days of having to buy a huge overpriced bottle of perfume or cologne that you don't even really know if you like that much because you were at the department store trying on a gazillion different scents. And by the time you're over and done with it, you have like no smelling abilities anymore and you've got a raging migraine. And then you're like, did I even really like this scent? I don't even know what's going on. And then you spray it and you're like, I don't like the scent and I'm stuck with this friggin' bottle. And I dropped, you know, a hundy to a couple hundo bucks on this. And it's a terrible experience. Well, Semperd changed the game. So they've got more than 450 designer brands for you to choose from. Let me drop a couple names here. Prada. Ever heard of Tom Ford? Dolce and Gabbana. Hello, Gucci. Uh, these are all my favorite friends. And then you choose the perfume that you want to try. They're going to send you a 30-day supply. Literally, that's 120 sprays, which is enough to apply more than four times daily for a month. So with Semperd, you can try the Tom Ford, try another Tom Ford, try a Gucci. You can just kind of keep rotating. And then when when you find the one you love, you can stick with that. Or if you're somebody that has like no idea where to even begin, you can just take Semperd's True Scent Quiz to discover more personalized recommendations for your taste. So they kind of are like, I don't know, a sommelier of scents, if you will. 
And the best part is it is so affordable. They took an industry that was so outrageously expensive and they just flipped it right upside down on its head in an amazing way. And of course, I have an exclusive offer for my listeners. Right now, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Are you kidding me? Steal and a half. It's basically free. Go to scentbird.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R and use my code Taylor for 50% off your first month. Again, go to scentbird.com slash Taylor and use my code T-A-Y-L-O-R for 50% off your first month. One more time, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash Taylor for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $7.50. People, sign on and smell amazing. And now, back to the podcast. I want to go way, way back to the beginning. You were talking about growing up and your yeah. dad. Did you always know that you wanted to be in entertainment? Were you basically like a toddlers and tiaras, would you say? Just being the youngest of five, like I just remember like putting on shows and standing on the table and then my parents were very, they just thought I was like such a, like a fun delight because yes. I was the last mistake and like they were happy that I was there and I was like and by five they're like we're exhausted like be you live your life yeah and so they were just very much like oh one day you'll be on A&E evening at the improv and one day you'll you should be a stand-up and blah 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 but I was like no like I'm growing up in LA I don't want to be a waitress and broke at 30 and right nothing wrong with waitresses at 30 I'm just saying like I was like I'm going to college and I'm going to like run a business. I'll do the other side. Yeah. Of what it. was your like childhood I, dream? I so it was like, the opposite. Like I was just like, well, I'm not so vain that I, you know, don't want a nice life. Like I was just like, right. And then also like I wasn't that great looking. Like I knew I was okay looking. So it's like I, even though I was tall and skinny, people were like, you can be a model. And then like nobody wanted me as a model. So I was like, <laughs> so I kind of just thought, well, there's a lot of people that can act, right, that are prettier and better at acting. But then like finally, I woke up. Like, I was sort of struggling at the end of college and then, like, after. Well, yeah, that's because you were a sorority. Yeah, and I kind of woke up <laughs> and I was like, yourself. I have this gift that not everybody has, you know, where I can, that I'm funny and where I do impersonations. And if I don't pursue it, it's a real fuck you to God. You're going to regret it, too. Yeah, But it's it also is. like, and I try to say this to, to my kids and other people everybody's kind of everybody's good at a couple things yes you know some people are good at many many things but yes like find what you're kind of good at that not everybody is good at like i can't i can't fix a car i couldn't hang a tv right i can't i'm not good at figuring out things i don't like reading directions i'm not a, a baker i'm not you know like there's things i can't do crafty shit right. i'm not super organized and there's a lot of people you know that have those things and it's like find those things that you like and really pursue that because that's a gift. And if you don't pursue that gift, if you shove it aside because you think, well, this gift of writing songs or making music, it's just too far-fetched. Just because it's Hollywood, it's too far-fetched. Don't. Like, pursue it, you know, and maybe and maybe you'll make it, maybe you'll teach music, maybe you'll, you know. Yeah. Or like, you know, in this business, it's like, yeah, go be a PA, a production assistant. Because you're going to see how everything works and you might find like, actually, you're an amazing set designer and maybe you went into it to like be an actress, but yep. you find like, I'm actually better directing or I'm a better producer and putting it all together. And so I just think you really, you really have to, you know, and especially in this day and age where nothing's guaranteed. Right. And you do have access to like, right. I also don't think like where you go to college really matters as much anymore no. because anybody can can get to me 
Like, it, they don't have to meet me at the USC alumni luncheon. Right. You know? Networking happens now right. on social media. It's just how hungry you are. I love today. that you said if you didn't use your gifts, it would be basically like an insult to God. Because I'm also Catholic girl. Yes. Went to all-girl Catholic high school. And that's a thing that was like, I remember thinking, my mom was saying to me all the time, like, you're wasting this gift that God gave you. Like, it's a sin. You yes. got it. You got to And I was scared. I wanted to be on the business side. Right. My uncle wasn't casting. He talked me out of pursuing a career in the industry. Right. Because he was, he was like, I don't want you to come to you know in your suit from your like day job on your lunch break to an audition it's like the uh, the fucking worst so <laughs> i got into advertising actually and yeah. then i was like booking talent travel and i was like i want someone to be booking my travel yes. and i was really like it was killing me and then the series audition just popped up and i was like this is i hate to say this but this is god stuff you know yeah. what i mean when i try to focus on the positive more good shit just keeps coming at you but i but i also say this was, was weird about the secret is that and I'm older than you but like when we were in high school it was a lot of the worst thing that you could be is be can be called conceited now, yes a lot of people don't even know what that word means because Anymore. everybody is conceited <laughs> everything is about tooting your own horn yep and look how gorgeous I look in this photo yep and let me get my best friend in front of me. Let's sit on a motorcycle with our asses out. Like, who the fuck would take... <laughs> I, I, I said to my friend, I go, what? I go, imagine Tara if you just came over and I was like, just ass out. Right? Le you know, lesbian photo, even though, no offense, we're not lesbians. <laughs> and the other thing was like, we had this other thing, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Even, I still have that. It's the opposite of the secret though, because yep. you'd go on a date with someone and it would be great. And you and someone would go, how is it? And you're like, I don't even want to tell you because it was so good. I don't want to jinx it. Well, what the secret would tell you to do is like, it was amazing. We had an incredible connection. I really could see myself with this person. Yep. I'm hoping for it. I'm going to try to make it work. Like, that's a better attitude to have in dating than just being like, well, I'll probably never hear from him again. Because exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm the queen of don't jinx it. It's yes. like I don't. It's, it's like from, it's it's a thing. It's a generational thing. Yes, or the, these millennials, they've it's they got to figure it out or something. But like, yeah, the jinxing is the opposite. Well, of you know what it is? It's pride before the fall, right? I mean, not to get biblical, but like that's what I was taught. Don't be prideful. It's a sin, and so it's like, yes. man, that religion, I, as beautiful as it is, you know, it really of, does a number well, on also, a girl. They also just like <laughs> they also just ripped on anyone that had like any kind of money. Like I used to think like. Well, that person. Money is the root of all. Evil. Yeah, I was like, well, that person can't truly be a good person. They live in a gorgeous house, like, right? Like that you have to be like a a, a loser pauper, which is why people <laughs> think religion is to control poor people, right? Which is it is. It's, it's often like give me all your money or a cult or whatever. And even, you know, aspects of the Catholic religion for sure is like that. Like, you know, well, it doesn't matter that you're picking weeds all day because you're going to end up in heaven. Like, right. But Jesus was a carpenter. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and like that type of thing. And he wasn't, you know, educated and he wasn't, you know, so why would you want to be? Like that whole thing, you know, I mean, let's get real. For what it is. Jesus had a six pack, so homeboy was going to the gym. Okay? So, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. saying. Exactly. His abs are amazing. His abs are amazing. They, <laughs> I, I assume all the bread back then was gluten free. We just didn't know it. <laughs> We just didn't know because there was a lot of bread and wine. <laughs> totally. And everybody was so svelte. Yes. It must and, have been uh, all that walking. And but, yeah, I mean, I think all that kind of stuff is, you know, <laughs> and you just take what it is, you know, just take for what it is. I'm just like, you know, about just, but, but I used to do this other thing that has never taken off. Okay. But it's called <laughs> the anti-secret. Okay. And that's where you see someone's <laughs> life that's maybe 
a few years ahead of you or where you could end up. Uh-huh. And you, instead of envisioning the life you want, you see that person and you're like, okay, don't want to be her in five years. <laughs> like, that's another thing that could help you. That's why I got a divorce. I looked at somebody who, I'm not going to say who it was, but somebody who was very close to me yes. in that world, that rich world I lived in. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be her. And so I, that's the anti-secret. It's the anti-secret that also I think is very powerful. Yes. Because it's like. And important. You, import, you see that and you're like, I could easily go down that road mm-hmm. and I don't want to. Martinis at like is. 8 a.m. in the morning. It can be that. It can be someone in a dead-end job. It can be someone miserable. It can be someone just staying in their same. Like the other thing I think that is sort of interesting about, um, and this is like kind of an iffy careful thing, but I know like we have a lot of people like in their early 30s that listen. Yes. It's like buying your first home or something. Yeah. Here's my advice. Stretch a little. Okay. Stretch a little for the better neighborhood and stuff because it, moving is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. And if you stretch a little and you maybe don't go on vacation, maybe you don't buy the designer clothes for a few years, but you get in that better place. Yes. It's going to set the trajectory for the rest of your life. Yes. Because... You know, you're going to stay, you want to stay there. It's going to be an easier move up, or you're just going to keep that house in the good neighborhood, but then you'll like make it nicer. Or, but if you'll you make it nice, the, make it, make it nice. <laughs> but if you choose like the kind of like, well, we definitely can afford that. We'll get this one little condo and like, it's a starter home. Cares, you may be there for nine years. Exactly. And then it's going to be a really hard leap because you're because you're, right. you're going to be like every month, oh, our mortgage is only this much. So for this money, let's go on another trip. Let me go buy that designer bag. And then you're like in a lifestyle that – so I think that's really important to, to – That's just, really good advice. To, to stretch a little – and think about the whole big picture because I mean don't don't be so house poor but like but being house poor is actually you can be a, a step little in the right direction poor. you can like lay off on the Postmates yeah right you can cut your own broccoli why am I spending forty dollars on Taco Bell Heather yes that's my question <laughs> to myself every you know day you'd have to eat get to forty dollars no Bell. it's Postmates yes that's, that's motherfucker exactly. it's like twenty dollars for the actual food and twenty dollars Postmates delivery. is a wonderful thing oh. if they're a sponsor of yours Taylor I'm just saying that <laughs> they should be but I'm just saying maybe that should be the treat when you're really like Postmates was made for when you're like hungover or sick yeah why am I spending it's money not, to get fatter it's the dumbest thing in the world it's not Tuesday breakfast <laughs> that is not what Postmates was meant for like yes uh, okay so when you were in this industry when did you feel like okay so God gave you this gift right it would you have to pursue it so when were you like fuck I'm making it or did you or did you never not have that moment because we're you know constantly having imposter syndrome in this industry I don't I have I don't feel like I've made it still no I mean I'm, did you ever I'm, I also though am like hey if this is the best it gets I'm extremely grateful yes but I still want more more I'm and I still you. look around and I'm like why you know like my first my first TV show on a sitcom or a series was this show called Lyricist Lounge mm-hmm. and you know the it was Tracy Ellis Ross and I were yeah. the two like girls and right after that ended, before we knew we were going to get a season, season three, I went out to dinner with her. She would take me to this cool place on third that was like it was the first time I'd ever had like Japanese root and like veggies and like all that kind of like Korean like healthy. But it was like Korean healthy. Anyway, after that, the creator of Girlfriends okay. was in the restaurant and saw Tracy and was like, that's who should be my Joan. Okay. Ugh. 
I took her to dinner. No. <laughs> she, but I do kind of go the way things work, right? Yeah. So she tells me I got this part. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be UPN series. And I'm like, fuck. You know, is there any parts for white girls? No, there isn't. Okay, <laughs> shit. All right. So she goes on and, you know, and we kind of keep in touch. But back then there wasn't texting and there wasn't phones. And, like, so we didn't really keep in touch. But right. on occasion, like, we'd see each other or she'd reach out. And then she got several series after that. And, of course, now she's on Blackish and she's amazing. Amazing. And, you know, um, but she was a person of, and I want to say there's different kinds of privilege, okay? There's, okay. Well, everybody says white privilege. There's 1% privilege. Yep. There's also Hollywood privilege. Yeah. You know, and there's also any kind of industry privilege. If you're doctor privilege, uh, you know, brain privilege. Like, yep. I'm joking. Like, when everyone's <laughs> like, well, why should my daughter not go to, you know, Harvard just because she didn't get SATs? Some people just have the better genes yes. and brains. But anyway. They have model privileges. Those bitches are born that way. Which one? Models. Yes. Exactly. Well, they. Birth well, lottery. They've been taken down a big notch. Now they can't even get a job. Well, that's true. Because of have, all of the you, reality TV you, stars kids. You have to be reality Steve <laughs> card. You have to be different looking. You have to, you know, you pretty girl from Arkansas. Good fucking lot. Yeah, right. I don't know what to tell you, girl. Instagram. <laughs> if you, but you, how many cows can you get to follow you? Like, yep. if you don't have that big following, you can't be discovered like Cindy Crawford. No. You're over with. That is done. You're done. So it's like there is something there. So it all changes. But with, um, but you know, she right away she was able to get an agent. Yeah. Because she's Diana Ross is like, oh, you ready to act now? Let me call William Morris and go. And so right away she had an agent pushing her she had a pr person pushing her yep doesn't mean that she is not absolutely where she's supposed to be and the most perfect person for the blackish and most perfect for but but i had to spend thousands of dollars and years yes. just to get one c-list agent to fucking sign me years and years and years the amount of like begging people to come paying for their tickets they wouldn't show up they'd pick the person after me to represent i mean that all that was so you hard. know the grind yeah that part was the hardest part it's like remember when we would do papers and the hardest part was getting all the materials from the library and yes. you're like okay now i can write it now this is easy doing my first stand-up special was something i always dreamed of having so Huge. that was great but it it was a little before its time in that i was on showtime and then netflix bought it yes. like in like february of 2015 and back then, there were not billboards of Netflix, and there were not people talking about it. And, you know, what I always was pushing that made me unique was that, like, I've been married forever. I'm raising these kids. Then after that, like, five female stand-ups do their, their specials pregnant. Yep. And I'm like, what do I call my next special? Like, I'm not pregnant. I've been here for a while. Like, I, this is, you know, being a mom comic is nothing new. Like, right. Roseanne is the, you know, patron saint of it. Like, and so is Joan Rivers for that matter. Yeah. Like, it's not unheard of that you can like, but um, so that was amazing. And I've but had like, some amazing is- shows, but I just haven't had like that thing that like, I don't think I've had that moment yet. And so I am, we are self-producing my next pilot, my next special myself. Shut up. And I don't know where it'll go. I would love it to be on, on a Netflix or a big streaming platform because I want more people to know about me. Of course. But, you know, this small, strong cult following, you know, is, is, is really great too. Well, there's know? also longevity in that as well. Do you know what I mean? Kind of just shooting up real quick versus like the slow and steady wins the race type of a thing. Yeah. Tortoise in the hair. I, you know, and I feel like I feel like doing that grind, like you, your career is so long and continues to be. Like you have longevity. That's not something that everybody can say. 
I guess. <laughs> well, you answered my question, so you suffer from imposter syndrome, yeah, just uh, like all the greats. Imposter? Imposter syndrome. What it's is basically that? it's like CEO, C-suite people, and people in Hollywood suffer from it. And we get these big opportunities. So everybody on the outside looking at our careers is like, holy shit, yeah. she's a best-selling New York Times author, and she had a Netflix special, and she's a comedian. She works on Chelsea lately. She has a successful podcast. Meanwhile, you're like, when am I going to make it? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's looking at you going, you have multiple times over, but when you're, it's like you can't see the, what is it, the forest or the trees or some shit right. like that? I mean, I de- like I said, I definitely feel like, you know, I'm really happy. I don't have like an incredible, I don't have a crazy ego, which is why I could That's also be why a staff successful. writer on a show right. and have someone, you know, get the accolades and say my jokes and I'm very happy that you said my joke. I'm not like, I, I wrote, <laughs> you know, I'm not like that. But then there are times where I'm like, like now I'm doing this thing with these Barbies that has been really oh. like a fun little boost of creativity. Heather, it's so good. Well, it's so fun. You and Brandy together doing it recently was hysterical. <laughs> Brandy is Brandy. Brandy and was you great. as Rena. She was actually really uh nice. You know, she's she's been through ups and downs, so you kind of feel for her, but totally. like, but she is entertaining. And you know, with with these Barbies where I do these little reenactments with Barbies, it's kind of cool because I'm working with Kelly who is works with me and and we just kind of had figured it out, you know, it took a longer to do one. Now it's getting a little shorter, but like, right. you know, but I've you're never, becoming per, you're, be, honestly, you're becoming experts. I've never really been like a director before. <laughs> and now that actually like, kind of, we're kind of directing it. We're sitting, editing it. We're kind of like, okay, you know, and so that part of it's been a little boost of like, you know, of creativity that like I hadn't tapped into before because for you know, sometimes like okay, I do the stand up, I do the impressions, I do the podcast, and it just was getting a little not monotonous because it's every day is different. But like, I kind of like what's the next thing, and this kind of well, like you got this you got thing. great at it, so it became a little bit easier. It wasn't as challenging, right? Right. And then I'm like, well, you know, and if someone steals this idea, so be it. Do you people I mean? have you had so many ideas stolen? I've had things that that like my kids will watch sitcoms, especially after my special, Mm -hmm. a couple years after my special, there were several things that were like straight up in a sitcom. And they were like, mom, mom, I swear to God, they must have seen your special. I'm sure. And I'm like, here's the thing. If I was right, if I was a writer on a TV show, which is very cutthroat and you have to come up with ideas, they'd be crazy not to watch people's specials, not steal it, but they might. They may not even mean to. I feel like a lot of unintentional stealing yeah. goes on too. But I mean, they're all. If you're, if you're, you should be watch. I mean, if I had to come up with stuff in a coveted show, you should be watching YouTube families that are doing funny stuff. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, there's just so it's like I just remember when I tried out for, I was trying out for Mad TV, and every year people were trying out for it, and they're like, they want you to put all your characters, all your all of our original characters on tape, and someone's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And letting someone steal it, and yeah. I'm like, well, then go. Stay at the Growling Theater in the night with 99 people watching you for the rest of your life. Like That's at a also fair. Point, you have to just go, you know what? I have to put it out there yep. and have the confidence that if it gets stolen, it's not my one idea. It's not a patent idea right. for the light bulb. But, you know, right. it's like I'll come up with more. Yes, there's movie ideas. And yes, there's this. And now in my podcast, I'll just go, all right, here's an idea. I'm never going to write this movie. This is a great movie idea. <laughs> Three years from now when it's out, I can at least go back and archive it. Isn't that weird how they predicted that or wrote that or thought of it? Because it's like, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to like hoard my ideas. Uh-uh. 
or not share something for fear that like, oh, my God, someone could take it for themselves. That's why I do like that people now are doing the watermarks and the memes and yep. stuff. They should. They should. They should because it's like you thought of it first. And I sometimes would see something before that and I would post it. And I'd be like, I don't know who did this. But. But this is hilarious. You know, but but at that point it had been shared so many times there's no way to track it back. Of It'd course. Like finding patient zero of AIDS. Like I don't know where this <laughs> fucking meme came from. So it's like, but I think though, so when we do like that, I do say let's put the watermark on it because I let me just at least I'm not making money off of it right directly yes I mean it all feeds into getting me known but yeah it's like I want I want people to know I did think of it like I am the creative force behind this little bit of joy that you got for one minute at your desk you know all right I know we're running out of time I have like a bajillion more things to ask you real quick when I going back to this idea of networking so it's kind of new information to me you're like best friends with Chris Jenner no I'm not Yes, you That's are. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. And I'll be honest about that, too. Not anymore? She is a friend. I could call her right now. If I needed something, she would be there. But like anything else, the times that we were spending more time together as girlfriends has changed as well. Yes. Because we both started um, Kardashians and E and Chelsea lately started the same, same time. summer. Damn. Like the same summer. And we had become good friends about two years prior to that in a group of other girl women. And like I was doing real estate, so I sold Courtney her condo. Oh my God. My husband did Kim's loan. Like this is before Kardashians. And for many years, we were invited to when they're on the cover of the Red Book and we were invited to all the parties. We were invited to Christmas Eve and all of that. And I would organically see them two to three to four times a year because one of them would be on Chelsea lately. Right. So I would come down or if Chloe was the guest host, I would help her do her thing. And all of it was great. But then as they got bigger and all got their own homes and really basically just film at their home eating salads, they really aren't like going out like they used to. So many they salads. They can't. They right. can't. Right. Um, Where do they get their salads from? I don't, different places. But, I mean, so it's like, <laughs> but it's, you know, 10 grandkids later, you know, and you know what? I'd want to be on Tommy Hilfiger's yacht too. <laughs> I would rather be friends with Mrs. Hilfiger than me as well. I I'm disagree. not even saying, I mean, and I don't think she, you know, ever thinks like, oh, I'm over Heather, anything like that. Right. But it's just like things have just sort of changed. And then straight up on the show, they change the Christmas party and they have it at Kim's. And Kim is like, who are all these old people? And I'm like, oh, my God, I, am I one of the old people? But also when she, the, sh the party started 10 years ago or 12 years ago when I got invited for the first time, I go, who the hell has a party on Christmas Eve? Right. I've got little kids. How the fuck am I going to go to Christmas Eve? And Susanna Melendez, John Melendez's wife, who was good friends with Chris, who we, I also met that same time. We have boys the same age. She goes, Heather, no, you have to go. It's amazing. She's like, it's amazing. There's like elves that watch the kids. <laughs> and I go, oh, all right. And this is like the, the first time I went was like the first Kardashian house with the big front yard. Do, 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 do. And it's yes. really not very <laughs> large. It's yeah. really not a large house. It's like a normal person house ish. Yes, it was, yes. And so it's like in the master bedroom is where the kids were and she had like things set up and the elves were there. Was and the stripper pole set up? <laughs> the time. Yes, I no because the show hadn't started yet. The show, that was after the show. Remember Kylie and Kendall and yes, Paul? They and were Kylie like three. Like, so all that stuff was like. So we did all that. It was really fun, and and that was a challenge on Chelsea because every day you know I'd be on the 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 panel and it would be a topic, and I always managed to 
talk about them in a funny way that they were not hurt by, which is a huge challenge which someone like Kathy Griffin can't say. No. So Kathy Griffin used her in her act for 10 years. They're horrors, whatever, really disparaging things. I was constantly defending them. I was like, you know, exactly what people are saying now. Like, you can't just just like Tracy Ross got her agent easier than I am. She's exactly where she's supposed to be. Kim, I don't care what people say about how we got to know her. Yeah. The show came out or was in the works before the scandal happened with the sex tape. I did not know that. So, and she was already she was trying to get a show on her own where she was going to like for the style network where she was going to like do closets like they were already like pursuing stuff in this realm. I had heard of their pursuing stuff, but I didn't realize that that, that they were so, really pushing this before the scandal. And I'm saying nobody's buying your palette because they saw a sex tape from 10 years ago. Right. Like, but did that make them more famous? Did it make people aware? I don't know. But I would constantly like, you know, say all the great things about them. How generous, how, you know, uh, I would always say like Chris is, is a genius as a mom who wouldn't want their kids all living in the same neighborhood and all working on TV so you can see them and all. Yeah. Everything she's done is what every woman would dream of. So it's like all of that I think is is super great. But I'm, you know, like I said, I could call her today if I needed something. I'm not going to waste favors when I don't need something. You know, I right. invite her to stuff. If she can come, she can come. She has 10 grandchildren. She's on Tommy Hilfiger's yacht. <laughs> I mean, you want to come to Heather Fest in Woodland Hills or do you want to go on Tommy Hill? I mean, you know, it is what it is. But Heather, I, I'll take her okay. spot. Well, I, <laughs> but like, I'm really happy for all the kids. I love all the babies. I mean, every week it's either a baby's birthday party or a new palette. I don't know how they have time to go to all these, vac- all these parties with flower walls and balloons. You know, in the day I used to get invited to those things. Now there weren't as many. Yep. But now, no, because I don't see them. So it's like, what am I, you know? But I think that there's no like ill feelings or anything. No. But when I did, when I'll tell you this is exclusive. Okay. Kathy Griffin, who I do respect, like she was, you know, like 10 years ahead of me at the Groundlings. I expected everything she did. I've met her. She's charitable. She's a good person. Fucking that bugged me that she was at that party. <laughs> 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 and it bugged me. And then Peter goes, but we're like six people deep. Because what I was going to say is when they, when she invited us, yeah. I had a baby, I had a four-year-old, and I had a seven-year-old. And my mother-in-law spent every Christmas with us, okay? She's like, bring them all. That's how the party started. It was always, it was very family. We saw the same people. And for years, I would go, you know, there isn't even that many Hollywood people. The party got bigger, but I was like, it's still the same people. It's not even that Hollywood, right. you know? It's the makeup artists that I've known for 10 years. And then I think... You know, it did change, and the girls wanted their friends with their babies, and they're, you know, and they want J-Lo there, and they that's okay. That's who they're hanging out with now, you right. know? They're not hanging out with me. So, you know, could I get the message to Chris and say, we are ready to dump our children and mother-in-law? Like, you, I'm ready to dump Peter. You <laughs> just want me to come alone with, like, another single woman like Tanya Thick. Like, I am will dump it, you yep. know? But I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I've since booked a, a whole vacation so that I don't have to, like, look at Instagram for three days. Because that was a lot. Yep. Because- you know, this industry is so interesting. <laughs> and as you're telling your stories, I feel like... nobody owes me their Christmas Eve. Like, yes. You, you, you provided me with presents and everything for, you know, Many 11 years. years. And every year I told my kids... Enjoy this night. I don't know that we'll be invited next year, <laughs> which is what I do. Every every venue I go to, I go, Heather, don't fucking bitch. They may never ask you back. This may be it. 
take a photo of your of your venue. Think, be grateful for every person that came. Don't ever think that it's just going to go on forever because one day it doesn't. Kathy Griffin is there. I love you so fucking much. Okay, before I let you go, real quick game. It's called Are You Rich, Bitch? We we work in an industry where because we have notoriety, people automatically think we're wealthy. Automatically, right? right? Like when I was at Sears, people were like, she's a millionaire. Meanwhile, I was married to a millionaire. I was, yeah, but then I walked out to be a late in life lesbian. No, that's not why I left. I left because we did not get along. But then I, I thought I would be with another rich man. But damn it, I fell in love with the girl. Is she rich? No. Oh. <laughs> so, so sad. I know. I know. So this is this is a this is two things. This is about you know, I don't know, giving people like a real dose into our actual lives. I think they okay. always think that we're like you know we're all on yachts with the Kardashians. Yes. Meanwhile, not all of us are invited to Tommy Hilfiger's yacht. No. Yacht. But I will totally entertain. <laughs> I will be a twenty-four hour comedian if anyone would like to invite me on their yacht. And Go then on. the other portion of this is I am a frustrated former rich person who's no oh. longer rich, and so I just really want to. Um, I just want to torture myself with the fact that everybody's doing better than me. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so it's called. Uh, are you rich, bitch? And okay. I have just a series of questions now. Because I was a rich person, I know little subtle things. You're gonna give me the answers to. You gotta give me the, the true answers. Okay. But this will help me indicate. I will let the audience know whether you are a rich bitch or not. Okay. I can figure it out. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, what candles do you have in your house? What type of candles do you have in your house? Every single brand name. First of all, every candle that I have was given as a gift. Okay. I don't buy my own, so I have the big black something boba some big thing that chris gives out that's rich bitch. two christmases ago <laughs> that's rich bitch. still around um the voltive or whatever yep that's rich bitch. i have that uh, but those are all gifts okay you found the you found the loophole yes what shampoo do you currently have in your shower frederick fakai rich bitch color but <laughs> you can buy it at target now you can yes and i think they probably changed the formula a little bit but that's what i use so it's pink and it helps protect your color because I dye my hair. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite hand cream? Like lotion for your hand that you always have in your bag. I don't even have a hand cream. That's not rich, bitch. <laughs> I almost didn't get divorced because I, mean, I, I love Kiehl's like, so much. A, I just kind of put on whatever. Like I do my stuff and I'll do like a little sunscreen over my cream. Um, and then I kind of like just put it on my hands as well. Oh, wow. Yes. That's humble as shit. <laughs> Um, when I say PJ, what comes to mind? Pajamas. For real? That was the first one. <laughs> but then when you said what comes to mind, then I thought private jet. But I've never heard that expression until the Lala Kent calling it PJ. PJ. Yeah. Have you flown in a private jet? Yes, I have. How many times? Um, I want to say the first time was with our friends that took us to Napa. They no longer have the jet. Um, and then that's a tragedy. And then the other times were performing with Chelsea when she was able to have a plane. Yep. And one time she took us on a vacation, like the the staff after the MTV Awards, and that was like a little bigger one where where you had like a flight attendant, and um, maybe like thirteen people fit. Uh so are we P- talking double digits can here. I, but can I talk about jets, PJs? Yeah. Jet suites. Yeah. So my husband is very cheap, but he also I've diagnosed him with financial Asperger's <laughs> in that he can find like the greatest deals that no one else can find like, oh. like, like, like that 
And he is like, we've gone on like jet suites for like a hundred dollars. Shut up. And Shut like, up. yes. Wait, wait, wait. What is this like? Is this like this it's is like, like a different airport? Wait, Uber pool for jets? It's like yes, but it's like you gotta be on some list, you gotta snap it up. I don't know. But we've done that where where it's almost like a private jet experience, like from like San Jose to LA once Ugh. with my daughter when we we're looking at colleges. But never anything that I've like charted myself or paid for myself or a company's paid for. I've always been the guest. The guest of. Unless it's the jet sweeps for like $99, some trickery. I need to look into this. Don't tell anybody but about this. Well, this is the thing. Give it Every away. time we tell them about it, things change. <laughs> and then Drake, my older son, is convinced that it's because I talked about it in the podcast that like now the deal's done. Because they're like, what? We have, a, we, we have some weird loophole that like, yeah, Peter Tobias <laughs> figured out. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, your go-to favorite restaurant in NYC. <sighs> NYC. You can do LA. We can switch it. I mean, special treat, Nobu by the beach. Yeah. It's, you know, I love being by the beach. I love sushi. I love the drinks. I love everything. It's very pricey, but I feel like it should be that price because you're paying for the experience. Yes. And it's very hard to get a table. But the other day I did call as my assistant. Yes. Which I often have done. And the girl did know who I was, and she did squeeze me in. Oh, you rich and famous. I was bitch. like, I don't know if you know her. She's a comedian. She's a podcast. She's, oh, yeah, we know her. Hold on. And then they were like, we can't right now, but we'll put it on a list. And then they call like two hours later and said, we can get you at 630 if you want or something. And I was like, yes. So I the last time I was in L.A. for work, um, my manager and I went to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Yes. Um, is that what it's called? Is that yeah, where, where they, the Beverly Hills Hotel where it's pink and the green yeah. wallpaper? Yeah. Lovely. So uh, and, and it was a special treat because we had just signed with UTA. Yes, so yes. We, and when, when we had we had positively anticipated that would have happened. Yes. So we made the reservation. Yes. If we hadn't signed, I would have cried and gone home and just dragged myself to sleep. Right. Um, and basically we walk in but it was a, it was a, like a tuesday night so that's like a that's who the fuck is at the beverly hills hotel on a tuesday night right people but go on lisa vanderpump and ken were there of and course. i was like you I fucking into- rich bitch I've, who goes on a tuesday i've run into her there too it, that's like her home away from home a tuesday i love it i mean it's like <laughs> the jigster likes to sip out of a little champagne glass of water and ken has many dear friends that often like to dine there. Pandora. <laughs> uh, how many bathrooms do you have? Three and a half. You're a red bitch. <laughs> I am it's good not even the bedrooms. Bathrooms. The bathrooms are the real town. Three and a half. Okay. Yes, that's what it is. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, how many Chanel bags do you have? I only have one that's fake. From my mother, she bought it from this guy who used to come to the real estate offices and sell fake bags in the 80s. And it's kind of like a navy black. I think it looks pretty fake. So I kept my mom's dad. So I like I kept it as just like a memory. Uh-huh. Um, the only real Chanel she bought was she got into a little phase of buying like Chanel earrings that I think retailed about 250 Yep. I magnum back in the 80s. So I have a pair of her Chanel, like these gold Chanel with like a big like pearl in it. Oh. And um, but I I do not own a Chanel bag that's real. No. Okay, I will say this: you have three and a half bathrooms, and you and I know it's a loophole, but you fly privately, so you rich bitch. I'm jealous. I would have, you know, but what, you're very down to earth. But it, what's weird is is that because I I was cheap, and then I met a very cheap man, <laughs> and it's been a big part of my act. It is hard for me sometimes 
to even be grocery shopping and be like, Heather, you can get that better cheese. Yes. Like you can get that better cheese. You can get that better wine. You can get that better shampoo. Like you can do this. Yes. And I've upped it a little like with clothing, like because also being getting a little older, like Mm -hmm. I want like a nice, a better blazer. Yeah, it makes a difference. A Victoria Beard Blazer makes a difference between that and like, a you know, a $200 blazer. Like yeah. a better fit. It looks good. It lasts forever. That part, that part of my, it took me a long time like clothes wise to get there. Uh-huh. So I do that a little bit with clothes. But then it's like designer shoes I find to be very uncomfortable. So it's like I love these Vince Camuto Ugh. sandals that are $100. I have them in every color. They yep. have like a little block heel. They're comfortable. I can wear them all day. And so there's certain things that like that where, you know, I don't care about that. But I do think and the the designer bags thing, I never had one until God, Chris Jenner gave me <laughs> two designer bags. One, she gave me a blue, a royal blue Yves Saint Laurent clutch for my blue balls book party. Ugh. And and then she gave me for my birthday a couple years ago this really cute Gucci cross bag. Cute. And that was the first time I'd ever had something Gucci and first time I'd ever done a cross bag. So since then, I finally was like, you know what? Now I get why people, why a little designer bag, which is why I like the real for real, the real, real. Yeah. And, you know, and things like that where you can get a little discount or you can, you know, go back and forth with, there's a couple places like that, but the real, real is the best. They're a sponsor too. But anyway. Oh, that's a good sponsor. That's a good sponsor. So anyway, yeah. um, I do think that kind of makes your outfit. And I it never does. thought about a cross bag. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so much better for, like, your scoliosis. Right. And you don't need much bigger than that. You no. really just need your purse, small wallet, and from- some makeup. Like, you don't, you know, and then you have, like, a bigger thing for travel. So I do think getting a good bag every maybe once a year or trading it in or whatever, I do think that is something that does make a statement kind of like teeth. It's worth the splurge. It's worth the splur. It's it tells a story. Nothing blows my mind more than rich people with missing teeth. I don't know. <laughs> I do. It must be an East Coast thing. Really, it blows my mind because it's like your teeth. Right. Like you're missing one. Like one of the front. Like like what and are that's these? Kind like of the, the first incisors. Thing that people that don't have money go get fixed. Exactly. They did say like I couldn't afford braces. I you know we didn't see a dentist regularly. Like I'm embarrassed and so. But I have a big obsession with the new big teeth trend that's happening among reality stars. You think it's great or you think it's too terrible? Big. Too big. Too fucking big. Who has the biggest of all time? <sighs> I think Lisa Vanderpump went too big. I really do. She had. They all had veneers before. Yeah. But they're going in for bigger ones. Why? Ramona's look really good because I didn't notice, but then I saw like an old thing of hers. And she just had like a little smaller like thing or a little gap. Uh-huh. That got fixed. But they didn't get so big. Like Simon Cowell, he had big chompers before. And he just <laughs> went in and got bigger ones. And I'm like, I just think... I think it's a little dangerous because but then one time I took a photo and I took white gum and I built a, built my smile to be bigger by bigger teeth <laughs> and I said got some new teeth and people were like honestly it looks really good like I can see why if you have a smaller jaw or smaller smile it, providing it's not bucky like it could like widen your smile a little bit yeah like I feel with like with with uh, Kyle, it was it's magnificent. It's much. She was gorgeous before, but yeah, like yeah, it she really she looks like a, look. a star. I mean, she's it, I'm out of a star. 
she's like couldn't not I mean she's never looked more beautiful and it's like and I think that it was yeah her teeth were just a little too small for her mouth so for some people it's just like lips it's like if you really thin lips and you get a little filler no one's going to know because you right. kind of really had small lips if you have pretty decent lips and then you fill them up you look crazy. But like I can look at Lisa Rinna's lips for hours. Like I, hours. there are certain people I I like the look. I love Lisa's face. I love. I love the chocolate brown eyes. Right. I love the. I love the haircut. Nose. I love <laughs> the know, iconic though, haircut. When she had that ponytail, she really threw me through a loop. It was like it's like when your teacher okay, shaves so his now mustache. She's doing this like wig topper. No. And I am of course getting my things together for the reunion. Of course. To do my Barbies. Of course. And I'm like. I think I'm going to have to buy a whole nother Barbie and recut the hair. <laughs> now, that's not a huge expense. But I was going to ask you I, what your last words was, just don't that think, was it. I just don't think I can keep the same hair. She's not wearing it at the reunion. She's got the long blob thing. <laughs> and she looks gorgeous either way. But, I mean... That's they're really killing you with these Barbie dolls. I'm just dolls. gonna just send her a, a, a bill for 19.99. <laughs> I love oh. that all the girls like the Barbies. They all love it, all yeah. of them. Um, anybody complain about the Barbies? Anybody gets uh, like sensitive about the Barbies? No, the only thing is when I first started, it was just so random that like Kelly and I were like making out, like making like you know we made we made kind of like a little weird jacket or whatever, and she. <laughs> was jealous that Dorit had a better outfit. And she goes, why is Dorit getting the better outfits? And I'm like, stop. And then this woman, Betsy, who is a juicy scooper, she started to send me stuff. And she's just um, uh, fabulous. And so she's like making the, the more intricate outfits. Like if it's just them out, I'll make it with my Barbie clothes. But like there's certain things that she's making that are exactly what they have. Oh, and so oh that's they're spot really, on. They're... That's that's what's really stepped it up is is. And now people are like, I, can I send you my Barbies? And I'm like, yeah, because someone sent me the Austin one. Oh, my and God. And Austin from Southern Charm, he's a knockoff that was living at a thrift store. <laughs> and someone's mother found, saw him and was like, doesn't this look like Austin? I'm dead. And they sent it and they go, would you want this? And I'm like, yes. yes. And so people are like, how did you make his face look like? I'm like, it's just like, how it is, many it's people helping people. It's, 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 <laughs> it's I, women supporting other it's women. women supporting other women. So I was like, <laughs> I, what I am looking for is a curly-haired Teresa. Because my next thing is I'm going to do, uh, like, classic scenes. Like, during the summer. Because it's like, I don't know what shows are running in the summer. And there's some shows I don't even want to, like, broach. And so it's like... Prostitution whore engaged 19 times. Yeah. Yes. Like, if I could just do some classic ones like that. And if especially if I can find... Maybe there's someone listening that like has some like weird off-brand Barbie like in their yeah. house. Like this girl just said her dad it was like I want to get rid of these and she goes I have about 14 that are in boxes. Do you want them? And I'm like fucking yes, send them because someone may look like Catherine Dennis. Someone might like that's the thing. <laughs> like when you find one that like kind of has a real face or a look of somebody like a, like a Bravo celebrity look yes, to them. Like it send gets it. me really kind of excited. So um, how do they send it to you? I'm dead serious. If you go to my website heatherbeardollin.net. There'll be the address, but it's 20929 Ventura Boulevard, number 47 434, Woodland Hills, California, 91364. And of course, come to my shows. I've got lots of cities coming. And if you've seen me before, if you've never seen me, it's always fun. It's always different. I'm coming to New York for sure. <clears throat> New York is July 26th. You can meet Taylor. I'll call her out. I'll do something fun there. with her. I'll embarrass her somehow. Oh, please do. That's City Winery. That's It's only one show. And, um, yeah, and so I, I have a lot of dates and, uh, you know, I might, I, maybe a couple might be added, but this is probably pretty much the end okay. of this year. So if you see those dates and it's a city near you, 
make the plan to like spend the night or drive two hours or whatever and come to that show because I don't know that I'll be coming to like the smaller cities. And also, of course, follow Heather on Instagram and also listen to Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. It's so good. Your Instagram's so fucking good. You're so fucking awesome. Thank you. Heather, thank you for joining me on uh, on my podcast. Thank you. And you guys, make sure to listen, subscribe, share with friends. And also, something new that we're asking you to do, um, send like a screenshot or a video of you actually listening to the podcast and then uh, make sure to tag myself in it tag Heather too and it's at Heather McDonald at Taylor Strecker and uh, at the very least we'll probably like it I will probably repost it because I am a whore for myself so there you go you like compliments people you guys that's how you pay us love and compliments compliments. and attention no criticism please (laughs) please that's it for us this week we'll be back next week with more to come thank you so much bye girl bye